you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me it's always a sunny day when Madison Jones comes to play here at The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, The Rumbly and My Tumbly, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Pooh Bear, Winnie oh the God. Pooh Bear. He's round and he's fun. Climbing a honey tree. Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Christopher Robin is 40. <laughs> Pooh Bear Winnie the Pooh Bear. Ooh, yeah. Get into that rock opera right there. He's rounding. He's fun. <laughs> Climbing a honey tree. Pooh Bear Winnie oh. the Pooh Bear. Metal version of the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh theme. Somebody make it. Gotta happen. If it doesn't already exist. Let's find out. I might have found it. Hold on. Holy shit. Send it to me right now. Well, I gotta hear it first. We gotta play it. At least a little bit of it. Is it... The look on your face seems like it's weird, so I might like it. Hold on. Okay, that one was just a rock guitar. Like like metal guitar. Oh, like it was like... Yeah. This is we're we're not continuing until we find out if this exists. Yeah, all the ones I'm finding are just metal guitars with no lyrics. I found like something I found a YouTube video that claims to be a metal version, but it is more like if Fallout Boy did like the uh, the intro. It's not horrible. Um but nevertheless, here we are, everybody, in the Christopher Robin episode. We're round, we're fuzzy, and we're loving every bit of this movie, I guess. I really liked the movie. I don't know what you, how, what you thought. I mean, I followed your live blog for a little while today, and then I ended up going back to playing Pokemon Snap. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very predictable movie, like, as far as, like, as watching the first 20 minutes you kind of see the setup of what they're doing it's like ooh Christopher Robin grows up it's um i the the phrase that i i had in my mind was saving mr robin like saving mm-hmm. mr banks basically is base, is basically what this movie is um uh, i mean i guess sort of or maybe maybe mary robins Mary Robbins is very funny. Mary Robbins, like, like it's it's about like saving Christopher Robbins' whimsy, basically. Pook, pook, like yeah. hook. Yeah, like hook and Winnie the Pooh. Say pook, but pook is like Winnie the Pooh with a K, like hook. That's true. Or we can call it Fook. Anyway, um, this is pretty much. I mean, it's the movie Hook, but Winnie the Pooh instead of Peter Pan. It's. Mm-hmm child adventure hero or child fable hero grows up forgets or loses their whimsy and then they're thrust back into the world of their childhood and they relearn to be a kid again yeah and also to be a less bad dad although when i would argue chris Robbins is less of a bad father than peter pan was he worked too much but he wasn't like berating his children for being children yeah yeah 
like he seemingly genuinely loved and cared for madeline and cared about like her like life and just stuff and like fundamentally misunderstood what was actually needed from him to be her mm-hmm. father yeah this movie does something though with um and i want to because i'm kind of torn on it when winnie the pooh comes to christopher uh-huh. robin uh-huh. and i guess it's not like i guess they do address it like a little bit and people seem that it's weird but like he's instantly on board like it's like christopher robin it is this like it's not that christopher robin thought he was imagining Pooh and piglet yeah. and all the friends when they were when he was like a young kid that actually happened in his life that wasn't imaginary or anything like mm-hmm. that it was actually something that happened and now he went through the war and lives this life now <laughs> Yep. you know <laughs> which i thought was an interesting take on the tale because i think the implication is is that oh this is christopher robin's friends like his stuffed animals when he was a kid right like i think that's what the book right. is right i i've not read the book so i can't comment on that the the interpretations i have always seen they're portrayed more stuffed animal than like because these are even portrayed kind of stuffed animal to some yeah. extent a little bit more like bedraggled yeah. Um, stuffed animals and we're used to seeing but my take was usually that they were real and i agree with you the weirdest part of this movie to me is that they didn't do one of the two things they needed to do which was either christopher robin was like wait a minute i thought you were all my imaginary friends what the hell or like there's no moment where, like they're back and he's just like oh poo yes there you are you've been real the whole time and i knew it there's just this weird kind of nonsense where he has never addressed the fact as an adult man this the hundred acre woods is real and exists and he has never spoken about this to a single living soul in his mm-hmm. entire life yeah yeah like i think that i think it's like a really funny and like fun take on it like and it's also just kind of like the world doesn't and that's one thing i'm like i don't know if i want him to be like wait that was real like i don't know if, if i want the movie to waste that time i like the way the movie did it said it was real and he knew it it's just wild to me that it's never addressed that this was real the whole time and he mm-hmm. just never spoke about it to anyone he drew some pictures, put them in a box under his bed, and then never spoke about Winnie the Pooh ever again for the rest of his life. Yeah, which I thought was fun. But you do get, like, other people, like mm-hmm. the daughter and the the mom, um, a.k.a. Agent Carter. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they meet Winnie the Pooh and the friends and everything instead of the cops, one of them being Matt Berry. Um, uh, they all see him. They're like, wait, did we just see that? Like, I thought that was rad in, in general. I thought that was a rad yeah. choice for the movie to make for sure that fucking scene jackson and i were talking and we would love for the like a like a, just a spinoff sitcom of those three guys that police officer the cab man and then like the newspaper guy whatever mm-hmm. who are all in that scene they just have an apartment now together that's yeah. the spinoff they saw this thing and now um my bit favorite joke of this movie although it's changing the more i watch it but originally the part that made me laugh the hardest the first time i saw it has to do with that and it's at the end where mark gaddis who plays um the son of the guy who owns the business, the one who was golfing instead of, yeah. And so it's just sitting there at the end after they leave the office and he's just got this look on his face and he goes, that donkey was staring at me. The first time I saw that was the hardest I laughed. That has since changed to one of the many great lines by Winnie the Pooh, who is so perfect in this movie. The one that got me the biggest laugh this time, if I laughed for a while was, your ladder is broken. That's not a ladder, that was a shelf. Well, that explains why it's no good for climbing. There's absolutely no snark or guile with Winnie the Pooh. It's just very simple, true statements that you're like, well, oh, yes, yeah. that's true, Pooh, but also like... Ugh. Yeah, um, Jim Cummings, right? That, that's yes. the guy's name. Yeah, Which he... we should address. There is some shit with Jim Cummings that's not great. 
Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's number of allegations that just kind of oh. rolled off his back, and he continued to continued to be the voice of much of our childhood. Got it. We should just address, at least put it on the table that that is out there. And yeah, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that at all. So good to know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of Pooh's lines, like in this, like, mm-hmm. um, and I in the Twitter thread, I was like. Oh, Pooh is an energy vampire that is meant, that is meant to like sap the energy out of everybody <laughs> he meets and especially Christopher Robin. But I think it is more because he just like it within like the first like five minutes of him being in his apartment. He like breaks his record player, tracks honey across like the floor and the carpet. And he wakes up the next morning and breaks a shelf. Um and then it's like asking every question, like, why is the ticket taker? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Why is he in a cage? so good. I also uh, loved, uh, there's a great bit where he's playing, just name what I can see out the window. And he's uh, like, grass, trees, man. Which also Christopher Robin then asks him to be, uh, to do it quieter. House, clouds, house, tree, bush, a man. Dog. Who? What are you doing? Oh, I'm playing a game. It's called saying what you see. Well, could you say what you see a little more quietly? House, grass, trees, pond. I don't know what that is. Does like a like equally loud whisper? An equally loud whisper, like grass. <laughs> <laughs> woman with God. a child such a funny movie yeah that's why I, one reason i wanted to do it and why i like it so much even though you know what's going to happen like this movie i've said before i don't know if it's on this show but if you're going to do a movie where there's like something at stake like the in like a grander scheme like the world let's say either you broadcast pretty heavily that they're going to win and you make me care about whether or not some of the characters die or you don't make me care about the characters, but there's a possibility that the world is going to end. Sure. Like those are the two ways you make me invest And this movie on a smaller scale from that was like, okay, everybody knows how this is going to go. So let's just make you care about the characters like Pooh and, and everything like that. Like let's dig into the people and make it just a delightful film about people. Cause yeah. you know how it's going to end. So they didn't try to like, is, is he going to get the, like, is he going to get fired or whatever? Like, by the end, it was more of like, actually, I don't care if he gets fired because like he's gonna be with his family more either I, way or whatever. Like, I was I was gonna theorize, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, what the solution to the whole problem with like the money is that oh, I quit and you eliminate my position. There's the percentage. I thought that was what it was gonna be, not the um, creating a yeah, equal benefits for the entire company and then the president being like, okay, <laughs> you <know>? yeah. <laughs> I get the idea, but there is this just, like, weird element of, like, so here's what we're going to do. You know, all of that money that you're already paying out, what if you get it back? You're not yeah. making any money. You're just getting back some of what you paid out. That's how yeah. – I'm not an economist, so don't at me. Yeah, but it's uh, – it's yeah, I I thought that solution was very funny and or, like, how he came to that. Like, I think it was fun because <laughs> I think – it was a very simple solution of looking at the the graph upside down. Upside down, the pyramid graph upside yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, and it involved Madeline, right? Too. So like, she's the one who gave him the idea. So like, that was cool. But like, I don't, I don't know. 
Like, it's basically, like, I, I don't see him having any less problems. If anything, he left that meeting having way more work to do going forward. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. So his job at that company is he's the efficiency manager. Like, his job is to find the most efficient way to get things done. As he goes to sleep, the boss is just like, great, you go plan the whole new thing about how we give everybody, like, just go out and start giving people paid time off. Mm-hmm. And, ho- and hope they buy luggage from us. Yeah, hope they do. The most unqualified person for the job. He's just like, great, now go give everybody paid time off. Also, not solving the life problem that the job is for him. Like, you know, like... He w- he spent the weekend with his with his family, if you recall. He said mm-hmm. he couldn't start the new job right away because he had to go... Cool. Go with his family. So, problem solved. Yeah. I thought it was going to end with, like, him writing the story of Winnie the Pooh or something and, like, telling the... Ta- mm-hmm. And, like, becoming a writer or something. Like, I thought that, that, that was where it was going to go, but I don't know. It's, uh, it was still overall good, except, like, that was the only, like, scene I found, like, oh, that's a little out of world. Like, I, th- it was, like, the only thing that was, like, yeah. the most, like, the scenes where all the humans were talking to each other back and forth was oddly the <laughs> most unrealistic thing about the movie, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But, yeah, overall, very good. Uh, pretty funny. I, uh, I liked the animation of the mm-hmm. um of poo and all the people and or all the uh hundred acre wood wood people um yeah where they did like the bedrago look for winnie the poo like for tattered worn those mm-hmm. like old teddy bears and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know it, it fit um um question for you is did mm-hmm. you like was winnie the poo a big <clears throat> part of your childhood or anything like that did, did you have like a lot of nostalgia for this I watched the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh a lot um, on Toon Disney, but mm-hmm. I honestly probably got into my head. I couldn't tell you too much about it. Like the reference, there were some reference points I got, like when Christopher Robin's trying to get through the tree, but he's too big. He's like, oh, so that's what this feels like, yeah. which is a joke that always makes me laugh no matter what the, the franchise like that kind of stuff I knew. But like, I really, I watched a lot of that cartoon, but I couldn't tell you a lot about it. So I guess long story short, too late. Uh, no. Uh, it's kind of a similar as far as like my memory goes for me. Because mm-hmm. um, my recollection is the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Also, the movies that came out sure. later, like uh, the mm-hmm. Tigger movie. I think Piglet had a movie too at some point. Um, the Pooh shared cinematic universe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I do remember watching the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I couldn't tell you a, a plot of an episode except. For when Rabbit had the bird daughter, that's the only the only uh, ones that I remember is with him, and uh, he helped raise a, a little blue bird, and then she left to go be with other birds, and then she would come back. That's the only plot that I remember from any of the episodes. I that's one more than I remember. Like I said, yeah. it was that show specifically was kind of a blur to me. Of like, I remember watching it a lot. I remember enjoying it. I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. the premises of any of the episodes yeah i also never really read the books growing up i know there's a lot of people who that was more their touch point i think this clearly was more touching off of the books than any of the cartoons or movies for sure for sure well uh you like this movie and i like this movie and it may not surprise you that there are other people who had opinions that's right gang i have checked the mail and we have some reviews here from letterboxd um our first review come question mike have you whoa, just whoa whoa yeah have you uh have you completely like um plowed over the the tomato garden? Is I'm that, letting is, it grow back. You letting, letting it grow, grow back. back. 
Okay. Those, if you remember canonically, I have over over plucked the the tomato patch. Got so it. we have to let the we have to let the soil heal <laughs> and let some of those stalks grow back before we can. So with all that time now, gardening with all the extra time I have now from not you know searching for ripe tomatoes or rotten tomatoes, if you will, I've just been checking our mail. Got it. Cool. Any fucking other questions, Madison, that you no, want to try no, to got you with? I was just worried. I, I'm just. I was just wondering about the plot, and I was looking for a little recap of the. Let me go back to the tomato patch, and I can try to find something where somebody talked about the sticky floors of the theater for you, if you want, or no, it's fine. how they got a paper cut on their fucking I'm movie not, ticket. I'm not that nostalgic yet. Well, our first letter comes from Lauren, who gave this three and a half stars. The gang helps Christopher Robin chip away at capitalism. End of review. If anything, he helped improve capitalism. Like yeah, the, they the, really helped capitalism endure, in fact. Yeah, like, basically, it's like, okay, try to give give your workers paid time off, and hopefully they use that money to buy our luggage. Like, that's kind of pretty instilled capitalism. I mean, I guess there's some workers' rights things in there mm-hmm. a little bit with, like, paid time off, but... Really, what this movie should have done was have Madeline basically invent OSHA, Instead of mm-hmm. the upside down pyramid strategy for selling, um, or she found, or she, or she founds communism. That's it's just like she. <laughs> Madeline grows up to be Karl Marx, the first union leader. Uh, uh, there you go. Well, yeah. jot that down for the luggage union. Luggage local five one four. Our next review comes from Beck, who gave us five stars. Film nerds, wake up! We have to bury Wes Anderson. End of review. I don't think this movie had any Wes Anderson vibes whatsoever. Did, did I think you feel visually, it? visually a little bit. I think there was Maybe. some of the the sort of twee styling of Wes Anderson, but not not the like the color scheme. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to put my finger on it exactly, but there's obviously a reason I included this. Like I, I was like, yeah, I could see that. I couldn't mm-hmm. put my finger on what it is, but it does feel sort of Wes Anderson to me. Like I think of like cinematography, like style. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of Wes Anderson, I didn't see any of that in this for me personally. But I, I could see like maybe with like the the stuffed animals, like I see a little bit of it there. But like that's I, mostly what I mean. I think there was a slightly stylized look to London that also was kind of Wes Anderson. I think at this point, most film people just say like point and say Wes Anderson. If anything, it's like particularly stylized. Sure. Our next review comes from JC Eco as a pro rating and i'm sorry madison my theater got struck by lightning 15 minutes in and the film shut off for like 20 minutes <laughs> then it turned on madison has gotten up from the chair and walked away then it turned off with no sound for like 10 minutes then a three-year-old was allowed to run around the theater making weird noises for the next 30 minutes before falling asleep then the movie became watchable, but right as Christopher Robin was going to present his plan to save his company, his voice cut out, the lights turned on, and the speakers were filled with a resounding I'm Maria Menounos. Because the theater is automated to start the pre-show no matter what Christopher Robin has to say. Then I left and got four free Regal passes. Pooh was very cute, though. End of review. Madison has not returned to their seat yet. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you heard me finish, clearly, if you can hear me talking. I was tuning it out. I went and got more iced coffee because I'd rather do that than listen to whatever this prorating bullshitter has to offer. Um, they referenced Maria Menounos. Who's that? Oh, uh, if you go to like AMC <laughs> theater specifically or something like that, they always do their pre-show, like the first look, and it's like before the trailers, whatever. They, oh, it's like hi, it's whatever. 
And she's like, hi, I'm Maria Menounos. And she's the host of it. It's very funny if you know who Maria Menounos is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Also, if you don't get up in the middle of it to go fix iced coffee. Mm -hmm. We have one last review. I assume you didn't want to talk about that any longer. No, not really. This is from Abe, who gave this a pro rating. Or sorry, who has a pro rating. They gave it two and a half stars. Piglet is a twink. End of review. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to say you immediately your laugh immediately blew out the microphone. Usually there's really? like a couple laughs and then it blows out. As soon as you opened your mouth, <laughs> it's like your microphone knew and immediately dropped the volume to almost nothing. Uh yeah, I mean, I have nothing left to say. If you don't have anything more from from the mail, uh from the letterbox, it's time for everyone's statement. Ga- f- 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 it's a, it's a it's time for everyone's favorite game show within a show. More like this. More like this. What is that? More like this. What did we just watch? More like this. <laughs> there you go. I'll put that over the applause. More like this. What is that? More like this. What did we just watch? More like this. So uh, for uh, those that are just tuning in, this is your first more like this. But welcome to your first episode because I've done it for like the last 10 episodes. For those of you who are just tuning into this episode and have skipped to this exact minute mark. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, you know what? Fair. Because the most. Of... Usually by 20 minutes, they're through all their bullshit and they're talking <laughs> yeah. about the movie. Yeah, exactly. They're through all their bullshit. <laughs> uh, their attempts at comedy flexing. Uh, so what this is, is um, I have three uh, descriptions of movies that you might find in the um, you might also like section after you, you watch a movie on like Amazon Prime or Netflix or um, on IMDb or something like that. And two of these are real uh, and one of them is fake. And Mike has to try to find the fake one. I'll admit something, Mike. This one is harder to find stuff for because this is a, a smiz me. Um, so a smiz me. A smiz me. A dis me. Um, I just don't want to get sued. I, I like. Sure. I, I'm convinced that that Disney has a bunch of bots just well, like listening you just, around. You just said their name, so yeah, we're fucked. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Because like this, just like recommended Winnie the Pooh stuff. Like mm-hmm. right. So I kind of had to dig really, really deep uh, to find anything. Um, and okay. Um, I'm a little worried. Uh, so okay. All right. So this is the first movie. The Land of Steady Habits from 2018, starring mm. Ben Mendelsohn. Okay. Feeling trapped in the stifling, wealthy enclave of Westport, Connecticut, a man retires from his job in finance and leaves his wife in the hopes that it will renew his lust for life. He befriends a drug addict addicted teen, sending him down a path of reckless, regret- regrettable behavior. That is first movie. What was the title again? Just, the- Just the title. The Land of Steady Habits. Okay. Second movie. Imaginary Friends Forever. 2014. Starring Jesse Eisenberg. Former valedictorian Chasen returns to his hometown after flunking out of college to loaf around and figure out his next steps. He quickly figures out that he never really made any long-lasting friendships with his former classmates due to his studious nature and off-putting attitude. Feeling extremely alone... Chasen starts seeing hallucinations of his former imaginary friend Donnie, also played by Jesse Eisenberg, who always 
who was always supportive and encouraging. <clears throat> Next movie. Mm-hmm. Like Father, 2018, starring Kristen Bell. Left at the altar, a young executive takes her Caribbean honeymoon <clears throat> cruise with the last person she ever expected, her estranged father, played by Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. Although they depart as strangers, they soon gain a new f- appreciation for love, life, family, and each other. So, Mike, which of those movies was the one that I made up? I'm going to lock in number two. I know number three is real. I watched the first half of it on Netflix at one point. Okay. So I know the Kristen Bell, Kelsey Grammer, father-daughter movie is real. Okay. The first one sounds fairly real. I think I, with like, especially with like drug rehabilitation and things like that, the idea of like steady habits are a thing that help. Like every morning you get up, you do these specific habits, Mm -hmm. like kind of help. I... I don't want to say I don't know if you know that. That doesn't seem like a title that you would pull out from there. So also the Jesse Eisenberg playing his own imaginary friend strikes me as something you do. So I'm locking in um, the imaginary friend one. Okay. You're locking in imaginary friends forever from 2014 Mm -hmm. starring Jesse Eisenberg and also Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Cool. Starting the Jesse Eisenberg. Da dun da 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 dun da 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 insert bell ring right here. Congratulations, Mike. You have won more like this. What's the prize? Um so the first prize when you won the first time was a wish that you still haven't cashed in on. So I am like uh not wanting you to stack wishes. Like I feel like that's the only thing. That's fair. So although here's the problem though. We did agree this is a very unregulated bit. So I feel like that's a regulation. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that means anything is possible still. Um, so Cool, so, so what's the prize if it's not a wish? What's something that's just as good as a wish that I get since I don't get another wish? Um, uh, I will send you something in the mail. Okay. That uh, is... I will send you a surprise gift in the mail. That is what okay. I will send you um, eventually. Okay. Um, okay yeah not like within the foreseeable future i will send sure. you something that you will enjoy and then once it arrives whatever episode that is uh you you can we'll share open it, it on air yeah we'll okay. open it on air sounds good well then uh with my second win under my belt the third win of the game in total as megan my sister won on that thing you do gold guys i didn't uh, get did i say what her prize was you gave her a wish that okay. we'll see. That may never come back. Two people, uh, the same person can't have two wishes. Yeah, that's just too much. You're deep in the paint to the Knoll family on wishes. Wait till I get my parents on for an episode. Oh my and God. Then... It's forever. Well, let's go ahead and move into the sequel for Christopher Robin. Our time starts now. So did you have any ideas for this? The only idea that I was just thinking about, because I really don't, mm-hmm. didn't like, it didn't really leave me inspired. No, it didn't. To like where it's never going to have a sequel. I don't see what they would do to do a sequel unless they really found it in. But I was thinking like Madeline grows up and it's a similar story, uh, which is, I think, the boring like mm-hmm. answer. The more exciting answer, like I would say, is maybe it's. Um, Maybe there's some sort of thing that is causing the hundred acre word to disappear or something like that. Like some sort of like 
extra like <laughs> terrestrial force or like or something in the real world. I've played Kingdom Hearts. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like maybe they are um whatever the the line of toys that they're all a part of is getting mass produced and mm. is um making um is making the hundred acre wood like disappear for some reason. Hmm. Honestly, I'm gonna make a note here. I'm gonna throw out my couple ideas. Mass production as a means of like the erasure or destruction of nostalgia or creativity is yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Just a second. There's like new versions of them. Like maybe they become like the Disney version, like the more updated Disney versions of them, right? So that would be like, interesting. Yeah. Um I don't have any good ideas. Um, I wrote down your idea about the pooping and energy vampire. It mm-hmm. only seems like he's that for adults, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, Winnie the Pooh is an energy vampire for adults. Yeah. As an idea. that I mean, you, it was your idea, but I wrote it down. The one idea that I did have watching this with Jackson that's very bad, based off of World War II, I started making a very specific joke. Then we made it through the whole movie. There's some conspiracy theories that Hitler survived and went to Argentina or to the oh hollow earth. What if he escaped to the hundred acre wood? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mike. And then did what? What is Hitler doing know. in the hundred acre know. wood? He's well, the joke became, he was pretending to be one of the characters. Like he's been there the whole time. Hitler's piglet. Like, are you no, saying no, no, like, no, no, Hitler's no. Rue? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying he shows up. And meets Piglet and Rue and Owl and whatever. And it's like, oh, yes, it's me, Hitler. I've also been here the whole time. I love Christopher Robin. Like that. Like, what? He's what? He, he's pretending to be an imaginary friend of Christopher Robin. And well, they're not imaginary, because, remember? That's true. Uh, he was pretending to be an old friend of Christopher Robin. And because the um, hundred acre word characters are so like whimsical and believe anything that is told to them they're like oh okay yeah and then christopher robin and Pooh and his family have to fight hitler in the hundred acre wood i don't understand why this is so hard for you to this is going to be a nine for me dog <laughs> madison you said the words time worm to me you don't really get to judge me i, I don't i don't judge you I, I have no judgment at all except the um immense uh, amount that i am uh <laughs> <laughs> look we can go with the mass production thing i'm just telling you these are the ideas that i wrote down yeah do you have another uh the only other thing i started down was the 100 acre woods cinematic universe okay but that's not really an idea so much as it's just a notion yeah i would love to see like hitler in the 100 acre woods i agree if you cut the humans out of the thing, I know that kind of becomes Toy Story or whatever, but like that's what New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I remember like from what I remember, Christopher Robin wasn't in every episode. Sometimes it was just them like like fucking around. It was frequently just them fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we could have like Madeline's an adult now and there's mass pressure or Christopher Robin. We could cast somebody who's old to play old Christopher Robin and they're mass producing toys based off of, I don't know, maybe he wrote the Winnie the Pooh stories and now it's being mass produced. And let's see, this would have been the 50s, late 40s, early 50s. Within the next 30 years, animation was becoming a thing. I mean, the 80s, sure. stuff like that. Like, it's not inconceivable that as like a 60, 70 year old man, Christopher Robin is starting to see his childhood friends put on screen as animation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's not a horrible idea. Like, like to see, like, yeah, like, oh, Disney becoming a thing eventually, right? <laughs> or, or like, it, oh, in are we world. actually put Disney in the movie? 
like put Disney in the movie as a company or whatever. Like, I don't know if they would make a movie that is like shaming themselves or something, but kind of like, oh, DC did it. DC did it um, like, with the Harley Quinn show. Christopher Robin is going to sell the rights to Winnie the Pooh at Disney, and P.L. Travers, the woman who wrote Mary Poppins, shows up. It's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> we create a war. Oh. It's like uh, the movie Misery, but instead of you have to write a book I like, she locks him in a room until he agrees not to sell Winnie the Pooh to Disney. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it Dizzery. Dizzery? Jesus Christ. I like this kind of thread we're pulling out, though. Like, the mm-hmm. idea of, like, the characters becoming, <clears throat> like, a more known thing, and it's not such a Christopher Robin experience, you know? like. Well, I think here's what we need to also maybe work on because the original idea was something with mass production and the hundred acre woods is starting to disappear. Yeah. And the idea was maybe this is like the loss of like nostalgia. It's like the thing that people talk about with um, the modern day, the internet has basically like eliminated nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can find everything from when you were a kid online, except for that one Nickelodeon commercial uh, for their holiday uh, when they started their holiday programming. Mm -hmm. I've spent 10 years looking for it on YouTube and I've not found it, but or episodes of Pelswick. Oh my God, Pelswick! <laughs> Christ, there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, Pelswick. Long time. What about Lloyd in Space? Is that online? That's with Alien. Yeah. For, with Disney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember okay. that. Uh, we're we, we're still on the clock. Um, the idea is: so Are we going with like Christopher Robin letting go of this being his friends and his? experience in the hundred acre woods like all these children are now gonna have winnie the pooh stories they're gonna have the cartoons the i mean they have the books but like it's now like is it more about christopher Robin letting go of this being the only one who got to have this experience or is it the idea of mass production erasing nostalgia and create like creativity etc i'm fine with either i think we need to nail in though what we're kind of going for before we get too far down the road yeah maybe it can like be a um sort of confliction of like him selling the rights off like writing these books and everything Mm -hmm. and telling these stories with his daughter and every you know like i think like maybe she was helping him like make the stories and stuff like that and but also like telling his own within them but it's also just like a decision of like retaining some of the creative property or whatever and maybe uh him maybe he would make more money if he sold the whole thing but it's not like he's selling He's selling his memories, right? You know, mm-hmm. so that's the confliction. But it would make, but there's also like the whole thing of like, well, mo- kids will be able to experience their own adventures with Pooh, right? And the Hundred Acre Gang. So maybe it is a good idea. And I think ultimately, I think he. What if he ended up selling selling the um, selling the ideas, but not, but still retaining the property rights? You know, like still. So he can retain some of it. That's like a good middle ground of like, it's kind of like if uh, like a writer wrote a Marvel, like mm-hmm. a writer wrote a Marvel run and um, he sold, he sold the story to uh, Disney, you know, um, but he still earns a profit off of it because he still retains the rights to that character or something like that. I think the conflict, cause you mentioned memories, like he's selling his memories. I think there's a natural story there of like, are the memories or the people more important? Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to go to war with Disney because I don't want to sell my memories. And it's like, you can make new memories or you'll still have us. Like, mm-hmm. just because other people 
now get to read the stories or see the adventures on TV or whatever doesn't mean that like you don't still have those memories. Yeah. Like yeah, but they're not mine anymore. It's like yeah, but now everybody like I don't. I think there's there's an idea of like sharing in there as well. I think if we do that, we don't do Disney just because like sure that's more of a saccharine coding that I think we should put on a movie in which Disney is trying to purchase or sell a property. Sure. Um, yeah. But. It maybe it could be just a smaller story. Maybe we don't get into that. Like maybe it's like he's been publishing these books and he's been doing it for fun. It doesn't make him a lot of money. He still does mm-hmm. the luggage efficiency stuff and he gets the option to like go on like a book tour or something and uh spread the word and maybe maybe it's like a travel adventure with the with the characters like because his family will come along with him on the on on the maybe that's more of an interesting story than getting into like a a rights like a like a because it's just (laughs) a little iffy because you know disney has I know we talk about like the tone or whatever, but like mm-hmm. Disney would never make a movie about like the writer of Winnie the Pooh, like going to battle with them over the rights of it. Right. I mean, yeah, they, they entirely rewrote the history of Mary Poppins in saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. I mean, and they steal folklore of mm-hmm. many different cultures and make money off of it. So um, um, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be on like the good side of that story. So what if to your point, the we could have it be a question like he's been telling Madeline all these stories now, like now that they've met Winnie the Pooh and all this stuff, like he's now a a better father and like happy or whatever. He's like telling her all these stories from when he was a kid or like Pooh and Rabbit and Rue and everybody are telling her stories as well. And she's been writing them down and she's like, I think we should like publish these Mm -hmm. like you could quit that job. You could like sell these and he doesn't want to do that or we could have him do that and then the idea is well great like so nobody believes Winnie the Pooh is real and the question is like do I just like trot out the all of my old friends from the hundred acre wood to like sell books or do I expose them to the sort of press and popularity like the um like the the watchful eye of the people like everyone's going to try to find the hundred acre wood at this point and get there and have adventures. And like, it's not like it won't be mine anymore. It's like the, their small idyllic community is going to become a tourist trap. Okay. 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 I like this. So this just sparked an idea. So Mm -hmm. he sells the book. He makes the books and sells them. And like, they go on a little book tour or whatever. Um, He Mm -hmm. takes uh, Madeline and uh, Uh, agent Carter. He takes agent Carter with him on the book tour. Mm-hmm. Um and Madeline's like we should take we should take the gang as well these these are their stories just as much as they are yours right um because they are sentient beings um with mm-hmm. memories <laughs> and Christopher Robin's like I don't know that sounds like a bad idea I mean like what if people see them and like everything but Madeline's like these are your these are your friends and they deserve to be a part of this journey as well so they bring them along but they have to play nap time is that what they called it like yeah they have to play nap time when there are a lot of people around but of course things ensue someone we create a villainous character like maybe mm-hmm. it is like the tour manager or someone from the publishing company or dalt wisney dalt wisney and he sees them move or talk at one point and is finds out about that the hundred acre wood is real wants to siphon the magic for himself or something like mm-hmm. that and like Try to, tries to find out where it is to 
make an amusement park there or to get more of the magic or like whatever whatever i i I don't know if we don't really know what powers the hundred acre wood or whatever besides just like imagination right i'm also fine if it's just a place that exists like Mm -hmm. i don't know if we need to dig into what is the specific magic of the it could just be yeah it's just this weird like place where you get to through climbing through the roots of a tree and Mm -hmm. happens to be populated by these weird creatures who are definitely alive. Like, I don't know if we really need to explain the magic. Sure. Um, I will also say Dalton Wisno is the name of this villain. Dalton Wisno. Okay. That's our little, little cheeky wink at the camera. Uh, all right. So cheeky twink, um, (laughs) pick up the cheeky twink. Jesus. They go on the book tour he does like a little signing you get to take a picture maybe there's like a picture with like the gang or whatever right you know or something dalton sees them a lot like that move and are alive and stuff and he tries to get to the hundred acre what so he can prove that they're alive or something like maybe he i don't think he's trying to siphon magic i think it's very much like oh if i prove they're alive then i'll get the contract or something like, you know what i mean like that's that's kind of vague but i think the idea is he's trying to unmask the fact that these creatures are alive mm-hmm. and not just like his oh they're not just the stuffed animals from when you were a kid that you wrote all these adventures about like i saw them talking and everybody laughs at him and now he's like oh i'm gonna fucking prove it and i'm gonna ruin you I almost want to change him into like a journalist or something or like a gotcha okay. journalist or something to like capitalize on the story or something. Sure. Um, because maybe it's like he has pictures of them and like everything is like, see, they're alive. It's like it's a picture like of a stuffed animal. Like mm-hmm. it's he shows it to people and people don't believe him. So like he has to try to get like some sort of like video or like to like record like them um, in the hundred acre wood or something or um and he built an entertainment empire of children's films just so the technology will exist that he can video record exactly what if this is backtracking a little bit more what if dalton was now what if you can change the name was also a child who visited the hundred acre woods once but then the tree he used got cut down or fell down like a storm and it was never able to go back and now all of a sudden he sees this man, Christopher Robin, releasing books of all the creatures that he remembered. But like nobody ever took him seriously. Maybe a la Shazam, he was like punished for like telling lies about these magical creatures that were that he knew. Like stop lying. And now he sees them all here lined up and like Chris Rowan's like got all these books and he's making all this money off of it. And he wants revenge. That'd be interesting. But the I would say like the characters don't remember, or does he have his own hundred acre wood friends or something or no i mean he met like one time he met like Pooh and eeyore and rue and kenga and whatever like the idea is that he also was able to get there like he was going to be their friend except after visiting like one time there was a terrible storm and it like knocked the tree down okay. that he used to get there so he couldn't ever get back okay and he told his parents this story he's like oh but i met all this. like they like punished him for lying or whatever and like no one's ever believed him like he was like sent to th- not therapists but like asylums or whatever for these delusions okay and so, now there's this man who's being paid loads of money for the stories like he he's mad like you always you have to have like the fun adventures i was punished for getting to meet them okay so maybe that they're friends maybe they're old friends from when he was growing up in like sussex or something like that um, i sure my thought was he's a person that chris robin has never met 
what is his motivation then? Is it the same thing? Like, is he trying? He's a is he a journalist trying to catch like trying to catch them like and make his own story? Like, what is it? What does he want to do? My I thought guess. would be revenge. Like, I'm going to prove that they're real and that I wasn't lying. Like, I was. Mm. Uh, my whole life has been like not horrible, but like I've been shunned and ostracized, and I was sent to asylums because of my delusions. Oh Jesus! But I was always right. Like, yeah. I was right, and I'm going to prove it now. Yeah. I mean, he's not really a bad guy then, right? Yeah, I mean, I, that's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can change the name from Dalton Wisno if we were going to go with that angle. But, like, I just, I think that the, that's a, that's an angle we can do. Like I said, we can do journalism as well. We should probably decide at this point. Yeah. I kind of want to do, the only reason is because I don't know what the story is necessarily mm-hmm. with that idea. Besides that, I think it's a cool I think it's a cool idea of like there was another person who got to see it or whatever. Um, but like, what is he trying to do? Is Christopher? What is he doing to Christopher Robin and his family? Like, um, so um, is what is the danger of making the Hundred Acre World Wood like a known thing? Um, are the are are what what are Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin doing against this person? Like, do they do right. they want to help? Do they want to help him, or are they trying to? Why would they work against him? Because that sucks for him, right? Like that his life was ruined by that. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. So okay, then um, so here let me. I'm gonna. I'll say I'm gonna backtrack again. I'm gonna sure. answer your question. I'm gonna start a little farther back though. Go, go and, ahead. And go ahead. We go back to the idea that Christopher Robin has not published yet. Maybe he and Madeline have written him down. He's like given copies of the stories to like people in their neighborhood or something. Sure. Like the stories are out there a little bit, but it is not. And maybe they're like Madeline or Evelyn, Agent Carter's alias in this movie, mm-hmm. um, are like, like you should call some. Like I have some cards from some publishing companies or whatever. Like you should call them. And Chris Warren's like, no, no, no. I, these aren't like these are just for, you know, like they're just fun stories. It's not for everybody, whatever. Well, these are my stories, etc. This new character, Dalton Wisno, as we're just, I'm going to keep calling him that unless we come up with something else, but he finds one of the stories or happens to hear about it, whatever. We use that as then the thing of like, he didn't get to grow up with these stories. He grew up with like, without the hundred acre wood, like he knew mm-hmm. about it, but didn't get the stories. He tries to maybe block up all entrances. He's like, no, like this isn't a fun game time. Like sometimes this hurts people. Oh, so so he's trying to cut off all connection with the hundred acre woods to our world. This way, Christopher Robin kind like of this. learns throughout the movie. Oh, like no growing up without these stories is awful. Like I want to give it these stories to as many kids as possible. So they, all of the kids can grow up with Winnie the Pooh. Okay. I like I like that. I like that a lot. Like and I think like what if um what if at one point they come out of the Hundred Acre Wood into like mm-hmm. wherever they're living now and I think it was in Sussex, right? Like where the cab the cabin was. The original um, one, yes. And then there was also that tree in their courtyard that Sure. in a pinch yeah. worked. Yeah. So they come out for like some one of the book events or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if our timer's still going, but I think we got it. No, it, it <laughs> um, ended like 6 minutes ago. Cool, 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 cool. So they come out of the uh they come out of the tree for some book event and like let them be a Madeline's like let them be a part of it. Um and uh he's like okay. And while that's happening, Dalton Wisno cuts down that tree in Sussex like after so they're they can't get back to the 100 acre wood and they have to like find another way as well like um and oh i see okay 
yeah so he like while the while they are out there like they uh they are trapped outside i guess there's that other one in the courtyard um but maybe he cuts that one down too or blocks it up or something uh maybe we get rid of that somehow but um that's how they kind of find out that he's doing this stuff and why he's and throughout the movie you learn that it's because he had this bad experience with like the hundred acre wood when he was younger and it's kind of like a um the rest of the movie is like i think there are two plots or whatever it's like one making sure that uh the winnie the pooh stories get told to the world and also trying to reestablish a connection to the hundred acre wood so they can go back and like live in their homes i don't know if we want to like tie the hundred acre wood to the kind of magic of their existence at all like maybe they would like eventually become nap time forever <laughs> they, they <laughs> become nap time forever uh, um, that's how that's how they describe it they don't say dead they say like we'll die if we don't return it's like we'll we'll have nap time forever if we don't return like you know and so that's maybe like what they're trying to do with madeline they're trying to find another entrance to the hundred acre wood what do you think about all that i i I like this this has sparked an idea i'm trying to like Mm -hmm. formulate it fully before i we're kind of doing a little it's kind of a um a jam sesh a jam sesh yeah it's kind of a this is more of a back and forth kind of like parts and pieces kind of frankenstein of a of a bunch of ideas the idea that i think is sort of key to some of the drama if you will is christopher robin is stubbornly steadfastly i don't want to publish sure like i'll give them to the neighbor kids because they they think they're great but i don't like i'm not going to share these throughout the world i think the way that we the sort of I do believe in fairies way that we end up establishing a new connection to the Hundred Acre Woods is he publishes the books and all of these children reading the Winnie the Pooh stories, not necessarily believing in Winnie the Pooh, but like they have these stories now. Oh, there's another one over there. Like this backyard now has a portal, whatever. Like they start popping up all over the place as mm-hmm. other children are experiencing the stories and like reading them and enjoying them. Yeah, that seems natural. However, there's still a question of like what goes on in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's like I because I like the idea that they go for a book event. Part of me doesn't want the Winnie the Pooh characters in the real world. Like I, I still think the idea should be everybody thinks they're just stuffed animals, and so if they're not here, then like that's that could also work with the idea of like not having Winnie the Pooh. But we need to have Winnie the Pooh in the movie. My thought would be maybe Madeline gets trapped on the other side in the Hundred Acre Woods. That's what I was about to say. When he cuts down the, the, idea, yeah. the trees. Yeah. And then the idea is trying to get her back as well. Um, and that way then we can have Winnie the Pooh and gang in the movies. And they can have some adventure. I don't know if it has to be the same. Maybe Dalton cuts the trees down from the other side. So he's in the Hundred Acre Woods. And... Hmm. they're trapped on the other side but again then there's like the question becomes what's the threat in half of the movie the half of the movie that dalton wisno is not in mm-hmm. yeah i guess the idea could be because the first movie is so much christopher robin finding his whimsy it's that he has to convince publishers to publish they don't want to do this book of hokey saccharine children's tales because that won't sell people and want he's spy like, novels everyone's on spy novels now yeah Evan looks very uncomfortable when they keep saying the word spy. Yeah. Um, oh, it is canon that she is Agent Carter. 
and she is she is agent carter in this um i i can't agree to that only because that backdoors us into the entire mcu maybe because is is the agent carter tv show technically part of the mcu i'm pretty sure yeah okay I really want it mainly because of this we- little weird thread because she is married to Ewan McGregor. And in our universe, in our Avengers universe, Ewan it's McGregor Sky is Ca- Sky Captain America. <laughs> uh, is, is Sky Captain. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of funny that she would be married to this man because he's the Sky Captain of our universe. Uh, that crossed my mind as well. Because um, <laughs> I, I desperately want this in the ECU. So that did cross my mind that Sky Captain and agent carter are married um but that's that's a side tangent to go back from the beginning a little bit like not to backtrack again we're backtracking mm-hmm. a little bit but like just to follow the thread so many threads are changing that i feel like we need to backtrack every so often and just read yeah 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 because this is very uh, i think um galaxy quest type episode yeah. where i think we i think that was the one where we kind of like went back to the beginning but like mm-hmm. he wrote the books um and you're just kind of handing them around the neighborhood it's like oh these are fun things that i'm writing with my daughter madeline it's like this fun thing meanwhile madeline and sometimes christopher robman go to the hundred acre wood hangs out with the poo and the gang um mm-hmm. and one of like their neighbors maybe the guy who wants to play jim rummy for something is actually like a book editor or something or like a book works for a book publisher mm-hmm. and it's like oh hey you could like publish these and like make them and like he's like i don't know like that's kind of like weird this is kind of a very personal thing for me but like he also sees the potential for it meanwhile somehow dalton wisno uh becomes aware of the hundred acre wood um of like the stories of the stories maybe he gets handed one of them and you know one of them maybe there's like a an advanced copy or something that gets sent to him or maybe he gets one of the little ones that was being handed around the neighborhood maybe he has a daughter or kids and like that's how he finds out about this and is like whoa what the fuck like how do people know about poo in the gang and then that's when he realizes oh that tree in sussex and then like he goes to that tree and you think he's going to go in he's like looking at it in wonder and he points a finger at it and um a bunch of like people come he doesn't have magic oh sure i know that's what you were thinking i was waiting i was like what <laughs> he points a finger at it cast banishment and the tree disappears now um he you see people come from behind him and they cut the tree down mm-hmm. um and then uh he finds out who this publisher is, or who the writer is and like maybe confronts christopher robin and is like hey this is dangerous you shouldn't be pursuing this and then christopher robin's like this isn't dangerous this is my childhood and like the childhood i'm building for with madeline and everything and that's that way you establish that him as a villain going against him right um the middle of the movie is um dalton maybe going on a campaign of like not like it's sort of like a in the music man like he does this whole like shebang about like oh, pool halls are corrupting our children. We should ban pool halls. And like, people shouldn't be playing. In, kids, kids shouldn't be in pool halls. They should be playing in the band. <laughs> and We should be banning trees? No, like, um, trying to not get his book published, basically. Saying, like, this is, like, um, this is uh, infantile, like, stuff. This isn't good for your children, basically. Um, children should be learning trade skills, not, like, learning to, like, imagine stories with like 
right. uh, kids. And that could be like the middle of the movie and like maybe Chris, uh, Christopher and Madeline and uh, Agent Carter are like kind of fighting against him. Meanwhile, right. Dalton is trying to find the other tree or something like maybe he's trying to find the other like thing and like in the middle of the movie you do find dalton's past as well um and um through some sort of means like agent carter does her thing and like (laughs) find finds old stories or something that way we get to the end of the movie where christopher robin convinces the person to publish the stories and then that is what creates the trees right the other that was me talking for a long time, sorry, but that was just me trying to like map yeah. out the story. I like most of that. I'm still I think that what we really need to lean into is Christopher Robin does not want to publish. Okay. He doesn't want to publish because these are his stories. Like he'll give them to friends, like it's a big deal. But these are his stories. And they're and he doesn't want to like just like give them like I don't say he doesn't want to give them to the world. Like the idea is um nobody's interested in these silly old tales or whatever nobody's interested in the silly old bear like these are for my daughter and maybe some neighbors whatever but like i i these uh, and we can work in the idea later it is maybe a thing of like if i give these to the world they're not mine so what is the middle of the movie right and that's what i'm saying like i i I understand that that gives us a problem with the middle and i but i'm saying i think that's why i said all that whole thing that's why i was saying that is to give the movie a middle (laughs) right but i'm saying that i'm i'll work on the middle here in a moment. I think that if he wants to publish the whole time, that takes away the lesson at the end for him of like, I'm not giving away. These aren't, these aren't my publishing. Isn't giving away my memories. It's giving the world like Winnie the Pooh. And that's why I'm saying like, so I know the middle of the movie I think is, so we open, like you said, where he's given them out, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Dalton Wisno comes in from the country or whatever, uh, some other, not Sussex, but somewhere else. He happens to be related to somebody on the street who has one of these stories. He finds out about this and is like, oh my God. And so he comes and visits Christopher Robin, pretends to be like, I I love the story. Just like, where did, so like, where was that tree anyway? Or like, whatever. He gets the information. He goes to Sussex. He tears down the first tree. Christopher Robin and co find out. And like, maybe Madeline goes to the Hundred Acre Woods to be like, hey, don't freak out. That, that tree got torn down, but we still have this tree. While she's in the Hundred Acre Woods, under cover of night or something, or through governmental finagling, the tree in their courtyard gets torn down for a fountain to be built while Madison's in the Hundred Acre Wood. Now, Christopher Robin and Agent Carter have to figure out, like, how do we get back to the Hundred Acre Woods? How do we get Madison back? Maybe Dalton goes through the tree first before it gets torn down. So he's in the Hundred Acre Woods now. So Madeline, Pooh, Eeyore, Tigger, everybody are trying to thwart him from like, he's like trying to do that kind of thing. Like, no, I'm here now. Let's play. Let's have adventures. I didn't get to have adventures or whatever. And it's like not, it's a little creepy, but like they're trying to figure out how to thwart him that way. In the real world, Christopher Robin and Evelyn are trying to figure something out. And she's increasingly like, well, how did the first portal, like how did it start in the beginning? And Christian was like, well, I was like a lonely little kid in Sussex. And then like, I started inventing its stories about my friends. And one day I, you know, the portal into the tree. And one day I crawled through and it was real. I mean, I know that that makes them imaginary, but in this case, like he created them with his, his sure. dreams or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, either we need to start making new stories or we need new people to make, or we need people to make stories again. 
So now they're trying desperately to get this published, but nobody really wants to publish it. Um, and meanwhile, Madeline and Dalton are in the Hundred Acre Wood trap. Yes, there. and he's trying to force them to have adventures, and she's working on a plan. Like she's like slowly but surely building some kind of scheme to thwart him. Sure, not necessarily get home, just to thwart him. I like this like multi like is there like a multi week like because like they're gonna get the book published and but that takes a while for it yeah. even to get printed, and then they're in the Hundred Acre Wood like, which only seems to have honey. And carrots or like, you know, like it's food, you know, like, I guess I think we could hand wipe that stuff away or maybe there's time distortion in the hundred acre wood. Uh, But uh, I see what you mean. Like, but so he gets the book published, it's distributed. Mm -hmm. And with time, there's new portals open or something. Yeah. Or he goes into a trance and goes into his imagination. In his imagination, he creates a portal to bring them out. <laughs> um, the other option is a, a slightly more. Um, there's some we establish early in the movie. There's some like neighborhood festival that's going to go on at the end of the week or whatever. And they can't get the books published. And like, there's just no one's going to do it. And in desperation, Christopher Robin basically jumps up on the bandstand. There's a tree there, maybe. And he just starts telling Winnie the Pooh stories. And like, all these kids start okay. to like, and he's like, You, what What about you? Like, you're Winnie the Pooh needs your help or whatever. And then one of the kids is like, Oh, well, I did actually. And he pulls out like maybe like a shakily written story about Winnie the Pooh that he wrote or she wrote. And it's like all these kids are so like that he had given the stories to are like, Yeah, actually, I, I kind of wrote my own story. And it's like, That's what gives the portal. So we're not waiting on the weeks and months of publishing to get done. It's, mm. it's, it's a more immediate him giving the stories to the children okay. like that. I think, I think like, stuff is happening up until the day. I think they get trapped a day for maybe a day, <laughs> you know, like they, like, I don't like, let's I, call it a weekend just so we can have a few adventures with like Matt and whatever. Sure. But like, I, I know what you mean. It's not a week, but it's, it's a few days. I just, I don't think a day is enough time for this kind of built mm-hmm. tension building and then breaking. Well, I think like to, maybe like the tension, like of, because I think some of the movie is Dalton trying to find the other tree or whatever. And then he does find out where it is. And then she goes into it and he chases her and then they tear down the tree. Right. And like, I think mm-hmm. like, and then this, the sec the end of this movie happens with the book event and everything. And, um, with the sort of writer's workshop of Winnie the Pooh with the kids in the neighborhood. Um, and they suddenly like, you said there's a tree there at the festival. And yeah, like, that's or, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like they, they, sure. it's, there's some kind of tree where he starts telling the story. Or it could be like, um, it could be something else, like a post box or something. And then sure. the the front of it, where the postman opens it to get the letters, like tumbles open, and Madeline and Pooh and Piglet and everybody like tumble out of there or something. Like cool. the idea is just, I think that we need him to be giving the stories out. And you're correct, him publishing a book is going to be months if not a year so it needs to be something more immediate and i think that that's maybe the more desperate he's just desperately telling one of the poo stories and someone else is he's like so it's like more he's like i don't i don't have any more and you just see like a little hand raise up they're like i've actually yeah yeah i actually i have something okay and then i like that that's and that's when he realizes he should publish and then we publish the book the end of the movie is like a year later months later and he's like the books are out or something like that okay i like that um so does dalton 
real quick because I think we're getting to a little yeah. time. Uh, but while Dalton and Madeline are in the Hundred Acre Wood, is he learning a lesson or something? Is he kind of like, um, I kind of like the mm-hmm. idea of maybe he is like, no, this place is dangerous. Like this place sucks or whatever. This place causes problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's just kind of like sitting on a rock with his arms crossed while he's waiting to be rescued, right? <laughs> But then Madeline and Pooh and Tigger and Rabbit and all of them are like playing a game and they're trying to get him to play and like they invite him to play even though he's the bad guy, right? Because they're nice people. Mm -hmm. Um, And he learns to play or like have fun or learns the worth of it. So when he comes out at the end at the book event, he has a change of heart. Is that kind of like what we're thinking? Like, because that to me, like. As far as his evolution as a villain, right. like he's not gonna die. Like Pooh's not gonna pull out a like a a rifle and oh, shoot no. him. Sorry. Or <laughs> um, the movie ends with him being like still in the Hundred Acre Woods and he's very angry. And then you just hear, "Hello, friend, I have some ideas." And Hitler steps out from behind a no. tree. Okay, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We're going with what I said, and we're done. <laughs> um, yes, I with what you said uh, is fine. He. Let's tie the ideas, not the Hill idea. When I say let's tie the ideas together, the original yeah, idea, sure. and then and, no, the original idea, and then what you said. He is actually a book publisher, and he, as a child, went to the Hundred Acre Wood because he ended up having a tree. Uh, it got torn down. He he only got the one adventure. Nobody ever believed him. He hates children's stories. He thinks children should be learning. They shouldn't have these fairy tales. Whatever. So he, he finds only tells out- practical tales of like. Oh, this story is about Charlie, uh, Charlie and his um, uh, and his tool belt or something yeah, or like whatever. Yeah. Ma- Mary and her sewing kit or like, you know, like like or like, I mean, even like 100,000 Leagues Under the Sea, there's science in that in quotes, sure, sure. whatever. Like yeah. he hates the whimsical fairy tales for children that he thinks they're a waste of time. So he finds out about Christopher Robbins one, finds out about Pooh. Like, wait a minute, that's exactly like my story, or that's exactly like what I know. So he tears down the trees, he ends up there. He's like, This is, I'm not going to engage with this stupid whimsy. Like, I'm an adult mm-hmm. man. They have given him a change of heart. He comes tumbling out, he publishes the books. Got it. Okay, cool. And I think that that is a neat little bow on it. I mean, I'm a little less Hitler than I was anticipating, but yeah. That's actually what you put. We're going to put that in the subtitle of Christopher Robin 2, a little less Hitler than you'd expect. I don't think so. <laughs> cool what do we call it though um, um I th- uh honestly we could do a two uh we could do um i think it's just christopher robin two christopher robin two this is one of those where i can't fathom what we would add after a colon that would like work as sharply as christopher robin two the new adventures of christopher robin that's pretty good actually mm-hmm. that's that the new that's it you, that's it all right freak rules then you have the new adventures of christopher robin did we do it? We did it. it like I said, it was kind of, it was jazz. It was jazzy. It was like, mm-hmm. I think we were trying to find what kind of thread we wanted to do. And, or I think we kind of, we parked, we, we sat on the ship of something with distribution rights. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like we, we, we followed that into the breach. We uh, threw out the idea that it was going to be about Disney with five minutes left of our 15 minutes. Yes. So Yeah. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found, even under that little smack row of honey in the bottom of your honey jar. 
You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at the Equalizers. Uh, Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. You can send us balloons. You can send us smack rolls of honey. Uh, you can send us a list of things you saw while you were listening to the episode there. Um, you could also put those in a review and a five-star rating. Yeah. Tut, tut. Looks like reviews. <laughs> You know what? If you want to review the movie theater that you saw Christopher Robin in, do that as well. Just, you know, if you're going to do that, give us five stars so Madison is at least a little happy. Yeah, a little happy to review the movie theater in our reviews. I mean, it'll be a little happy because at least it's a five star rating. Sure, sure. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Steps Strutting off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching The Banana Boys. And as always, it's spelled B-O-Y-E-S like an oh yes. The full album is available on all streaming services now. Next time, Madison Jones and I make it to the front of the train in Snowpiercer. Here we go. So another another kind of tangential I've, I've thread. Sta- I'm sorry, I've started I've started the outro. No, no, no. Another tangential thread to Captain America because Chris Evans is That's in true. Snowpiercer. That is true. Another light tie into a Marvel adjacent film because Jamie Bell is in it and it plays the Thing, and Michael B. Jordan's Fantastic Four movie. Also, Tilda Swilton is also in the movie. Who plays Tilda Swilton is also in the movie. Who plays the problematic character in in Doctor Strange? Is John Hurt in in a Marvel movie yet? I don't know. I don't think so. He's in B for Vendetta. (laughs) That's that's DC, if anything. Yeah, I know. Let's hold on. Let's take a second. Who all has been in these movies from Marvel? I don't know if Ed Harris has been in. No, um, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of... Because hmm. who plays his friend? Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell, okay. Is J- Jamie Bell is in, in That's, a Marvel he's, movie? <laughs> he's in the new thing, the new one. Jamie Jamie Bell is the thing in the Michael B. Jordan Fantastic Four movie. Got it. I said that like 60 seconds ago. <laughs> the thing is, we're getting to the point with Marvel stuff, even though they've been kind of mm-hmm. like not releasing mo- releasing that much like extended stuff mm-hmm. at this point. But um, where oh. most most celebrities have been in, um, mm-hmm. in 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 a Marvel movie. That fish was in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. I forgot the fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of those bugs totally, totally yeah. was in. Um, um ant-man all the all the bugs used for the protein bars were extras in ant-man yeah so for the equalizers <laughs> i'm madison jones i'm mike Noll. what happens if the engine stops we all freeze and die but will it stop or will it stop no no can you tell us why the engine is eternal yes the engine is forever yes To be continued. Was Shape of Water in a Marvel film? Yes. <laughs> Octavia Spencer was in Spider-Man 2002. <laughs> First take your favorite leg and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is. That's really it. You barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man. Now follow my lead. We'll do the two-step strut. Come on, dance with me. Mm-hmm.